Hey, Coffee Breakers. It's Scully. And AC. We just did that completely backwards. We sure did. Because you looked at me and I panicked. <laughs> well, I panicked too. I meant to say, hey, Spooky Breakers. Welcome <laughs> to all things spooky because it's October. And I am taking over because AC is fighting something. We don't know. Um, She's just not feeling herself. No, so I probably sound like really crappy. I'm going to do my best. Um, to you sound better than you did this morning. Yeah, but I can kind of, it's like waves. Like, I'm yeah. good. I'm not good. Yeah. I'm good. But make me not good with a scary story. Yeah, so this one, we're kind of getting back to our roots because I'm talking about something I saw on Peacock. <laughs> this is Suburban Screams. Um, this is episode Killer Comes Home. And I don't know if you know anything about the Suburban Scream stuff that came just, out. Uh, just on your TikTok. It was supposed to be scary and uh, not so much. This one, though, was, like, right up our alley because it's <laughs> all things we talk about. Okay. So, here we go. Um, This, I don't even know what that acronym is that I put on here. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I have the following. S-A-T-S. Stats? No. It's more like SATs. But no, that'd be my brain's been fried. <laughs> so we're just gonna skip that and just hope it wasn't important. Yeah. It starts out with Rick McLean, I think is how you say his name. It's M A C, like Mac Clean. Oh, yeah, but yeah. they called him McLean. Yeah, we're yeah. gonna call him Rick the whole time. Okay, and this happens in Mirror Machine, and it's it's spelled like M A R I M A. What state is this? This is Canada. Oh, that, that makes more sense. Yes. <laughs> and what I learned about it is it's the way they talk about it. It's a working class. It's like a really small town. He literally says everybody knows everybody's business. So I'm like, oh, so you're from the South? Like essentially any small <laughs> right. town. You right here. You here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what makes it scary. <laughs> a little bit I because know. it would be, I think, very much the equivalent. So when you gave me the basic outline of it, I was like, I know some people. Yeah. That that could do that one day. <laughs> so you meet him and he is interviewing he wants to be a reporter for the local newspaper. And in this small little town, there's like four that de- four desks in the office and only three of them are filled. It's Rick, his wife, and this other little reporter. And he's wanting to be like make his name, you know, he's really excited about yes. it. Yes. So it's April of 1986 Aww. and they get a call about a murder mm-hmm. and in this town that's like super it's been years it's rare yeah it was a botched robbery um they it's john and mary glendening okay the people went into the home they were demanding money and things from john and mary they're beating them to death so much so that they're like beating Mary, demanding she opens the safe, but they're continually beating her while so she's she trying to open, open the, the safe. safe. They leave the home. Um, Mary's actually sexually assaulted, and then they leave the home, thinking that both of them are dead. Mary actually wakes up and finds that her husband has been beaten to death. She gets to, to the phone, dials 911, and she gets help there. So everybody shows up. They're like, this is really weird. Like, what has happened? This is so out of character. But, as we know, in every small town, there's usually that one person that has all kinds of run-ins with the law, and everybody knows them. Mm-hmm. That was Alan Legere. What? I, I can't say. 
You can't say. I was ran for sheriff. Oh. Okay, <laughs> okay well, true. <laughs> but that's immediately what popped in my head. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Sorry. I was like, he was just arrested, so you're right. It's not funny. No, but it's small town, right? But it's small town, yeah. So they immediately are like, all right, this is Alan Legere for sure. Like, he always in trouble. The actual editor of the paper at the time describes him as the type that would tie two cats' tails together and then throw it over a light pole and watch them fight. Like, he was just menace, mean, nasty. Sadistic. For the, yeah. He was twisted in all the ways. He was a machinist, so... He was kind of muscly because he had to do a bunch of stuff like that. My husband's technically considered a machinist, so I didn't like that. Um, but he was very intelligent, like very smart man. And Well, ours is not. No, but Alan Legere was apparently. I don't know how smart because it doesn't say, but I have questions. Um, interestingly enough, Alan wrote the local paper a great deal like any time that they would write anything, he would always write them. And he always said that people were sheep and that he'd rather be a pirate than a sheep. I just thought that was interesting. And the actual, not Rick, but the other guy, that's the actual editor. He wrote him back and was like, the people that support the community are heroes. They're not pirates or sheep. First of all, very weird. It is. Correlation. But second of all, I always said something about some sheep. <laughs> so I'm getting very concerned. Well, yeah. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> it's valid. Within a few days of this incident and Mary and John, Mary being killed and John being killed and Mary being sexually assaulted and severely beaten, they get Legere in custody. There were apparently two other men as well. That they looked at? That were involved in this botched thing. Oh, so there was three people beating. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think the only one that was beating anybody was Legere. Okay. They were just trying to rob. Correct. He was the one sexually assaulting and beating to death. Within a few days, they get him into custody. Everybody's relieved because they're like, oh, God, this man's off the street, you know, who's already a menace anyway. It went to trial really, really quick. So the paper, Mr. Rick, the reporter, wanted to cover it like like a transcript. Yeah. So they had people in the courtroom writing it down like verbatim what, what was happening. He says that there's this one gas station that's right beside where they print the paper. Mm-hmm. And that because they were covering it so well, there was like 125 people outside of that gas station waiting for the paper. Because that's the first place that it went. Oh, wow. Waiting for this paper. Like they. That's awesome. They were doing really, really well. It was huge coverage, yeah. right? Well, for a journalist, that's like big praise. Mm-hmm. Like you feel like you're, like you're doing something. Yes. So I'm assuming that his coverage was mean or what Legere thought was mean towards him because he did not like it. Legere made comments about how the community was against him and he knew Rick by name. Well, yeah, because his name is printed on the paper. Yes, but but he was reading it avidly. Like, that was his only news source as well, it seemed like. Yeah, because, well, so I'm pretty sure that Legere is a narcissist. I don't know. But I'm just just saying. (laughs) Fair enough. Um, ultimately, he does get life, and the case is closed. Oh, he got life. He did. He's sent to a maximum security prison, and that's where he is for the next three years. On Wait. He got life. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay, keep going. <laughs> so three years later, <laughs> on May, Fast th- forward. May 3rd of 89, 
Um, Legere is transported to George L. Dumont Regional Hospital. He had picked an infection in his ear. He had picked and picked at his ear. So he had created this infection that would require him to go to the hospital routinely to get checked. He kept doing it. While in the hospital, he was handcuffed. He convinced the law enforcement officers to let him go to the bathroom by himself. So they let him go in there with the door mostly closed. He had a piece of metal in his rectum that he pulled out that he had broken off of his TV and fashioned to make it sharper, pulled it out, which, whatever, and picked his handcuffs and bolts out of the bathroom. He gets past the first guard and then the second guard and is, like, fleeing. He he carjacks a car um, and ultimately just flees that scene. The re- it cuts to the reporters at this time, and like mm-hmm. they're getting the call that there's this escaped there's convict in New Brunswick. I don't know how far that is from uh, Mayor Machine, but he was in New Brunswick. He's gone. They're kind of panicking because he terrorized. I mean, he he's a pretty bad dude, and he had done this stuff. And Rick's like he knows me, and like he was pretty mad about what I did. But they're like, there's no reason to like, suspect. It's been three years, and there's no reason to suspect he would come back. To the same area in which he was charged the first time. Unless he's a narcissist who holds a grudge. Well. Against sheep, apparently. Yep. See, I immediately go crazy. I'm sorry. Well, you would be correct. (laughs) See? Because he made his way back to Mirror Machine. Like, that was his goal from the beginning. Yeah. Um... And they were worried about the community, too, because he kept saying the community was against him. So, his vendetta was against every single person not just rick right it's that like, whole town you all have betrayed me and it's like you're a murderer but okay yeah. and a rapist and oh okay yeah so on may but we're tw- the bad guys okay right i guess that's the narcissism yeah. may 28th of 89 he goes into the home of annie and nina flam um they are two elderly women they are sister-in-laws yeah it is an older house. It's about two minutes from the police station, like right downtown. So that's a big hit. Like, it's not like he went on the outskirts of something. Like, he's in the middle of downtown. Right. Annie is beaten to death. I believe she was sexually assaulted as well. And then Nina is beaten, sexually assaulted, and tucked into bed. And then he sets the house on fire, trying to kill her. And, go ahead. <laughs> that's two very different killings. Like... You beat one to death, mm-hmm. sexually assault her, and the other he he beat her too, but she wasn't dead. No, but he left her for dead. Like he, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like you didn't make sure she was dead before you set her on fire. He set the room on fire. That's kind of like his mo, and you're gonna see that he kind of that's what he does. Okay. Like he beats, he sexually assaults, tucks him into bed, and leaves. It sets the house on fire and leaves. I'm not sure why. But that is kind of like goes what to the sadism. That's kind of what he does. He set her set the house on fire. She was able to actually get out and um, get down the stairs. They talk about how the reason she probably survived is she didn't resist. Right. Like she just complied. So he would, you know, be her done. Less. Yes. Annie, the one that was his victim, they described her as like a hundred pounds. She was seventy six. I'm going to tell you. So I was listening to another podcast and they gave statistics out for elderly rape. Mm -hmm. It is mind boggling. Really? And scary. Like if you have elderly people in your family, 
Like it, it it's concerning. I don't like that. I would not think that, but I guess it's They're easy. easy it's target. a target. Yeah. Yeah, because he. Well, yeah. Every serial killer we've ever covered that was usually they would indiscriminately. Mostly is elderly. Yeah, because yeah. So immediately, law enforcement is like, "All right, this has got to be Legere because he's gone. Now suddenly we have another murder and mare machine. Like this, don't right? Yeah. So Rick did a column every week about it. Um, it was clearly not in Legere's favor. Right. I don't know what the timeline is for this. It doesn't really say. But then there was a fire at the editor's house. Okay. Okay. And they think it's Legere. The fire was set in the middle of the bed, and the whole house went up. Like, it was his Nobody bed. Nobody was home? No, his wife, okay. thankfully, wasn't home. But she did leave him after this because they were already having trouble. He says it. They were already having trouble. She felt like he was, like, taunting Legere almost and that he brought it on them. So she was out. Mm. And mm. their house is, he literally went into their house and set it ablaze. Yeah. So. And she could have been beat to death. Like, it's where she goes. Yeah. So... Jack Bell is the, I think it's like the police chief, essentially. Mm -hmm. He's talking about how everybody's scared and, like, the community's on watch, that kind of thing. On October of 89, it's October 13th of 89, um, (laughs) there's a bunch of different reports that come in. I don't know the the lividity. Yeah. Not lividity. What's the word? Validity. That's it. (laughs) I was like, that word doesn't sound right. (laughs) <laughs> Lividity is blood pooling after death. <laughs> well, I'm talking about a severed head, so. Great. Go ahead. <laughs> Validity of these claims, but there was apparently a severed head found in front of somebody's house, like in a box. A man was bludgeoned to death with a shotgun. And then within a 60 second walk from Rick's what newspaper? Yeah. Donna and Linda. Oh, goodness. I, I think it's Donahue were beaten and sexually assaulted and their house was set on fire. And it was 60 seconds. 60 second walk. From where Rick is. It's very close. Again, both tucked into bed and the house set on fire. Linda actually died from smoke inhalation versus anything else. Legere, again, still a suspect. This is his MO. Still can't find him. Community community realizes that he's crossed over from like this small town thing to like we have a serial killer now oh yeah for sure um they're talking about it on the radio all the time Mm -hmm. and one thing i find is weird and maybe if we have people from canada that listen they call them mare machine leaders so like when rick's talking they call him mare machine leader like it has his name and then mare machine leader and then it cuts to another guy mare machine leader maybe it's because their leaders in the town that's so weird i mean we don't do that in america i know that sounds like what does that mean <laughs> it means they're leaders of the town it's just weird to me i mean, agree um the, he's they were speaking about legere and it was really rick that was talking and they didn't know it at the time but legere had a radio and oh, he's listening right. Everything matter and matter and matter. Everything that's said. So on the 28th of October, um, they get, I guess, a report that law enforcement is chasing someone in Chatham. Police tell the man to surrender. He turns around. He fires his shotgun and calmly says, if you don't leave me alone, I'm going to effing kill you. And then leaves. And they let him. Like, that blows my mind. And I, I don't know. Wait a minute. What now? 
There's they're chasing a man in Chatham. They're chasing a man. Yes. Who, who's they? The police. Uh, RCMP. The their police. What? Yes. And they're chasing him with dogs and everything. They get him cornered. He turns around. He fires his shotgun. Tells them, "Leave me alone. I'm gonna f and kill you." And they're like, "Okay," and leave. Like it would just. I don't. I don't know. We just we live in different worlds. We live in totally different worlds because, because nah. But that was it. This guy, that person wouldn't have been uh, identifiable. I mean, honestly, it, uh, it just, our it, cops would have just shot you. It's a very as different. soon as you pull, you wouldn't have got a shot off. Very different. So Rick makes a whole thing about bashing them. Like, listen, y'all want help, and then y'all had this stuff going on, and like, y'all got to get it together. Do y'all not carry guns? Like, get it together. Like, we're scared. Like, Look, he's burning people alive. Yeah, so he did a front page article. Oh, no. And he said it's the first and the only time he's ever done that. A front page? Like, bashing the police. Yeah. So. Fair. So, yes. So, remind you, this man got out May. Mm-hmm. We're in October. Now we're in November. Mm-hmm. November 15th of 89. Rick talks about he's sent, sent outside getting gas. And that law enforcement rides up and tells him that they have Legere, that he's bottled up next to this church in this other area, and that he can't get out, that they're going to get him, essentially. Mm. That legier has been in hiding for months, because clearly we're now in November, and that they're getting close, essentially. So... The little town that he's in, Rick talks about how it's close to, like, his grandmother. I would immediately go get my grandma. I'm sorry. Yeah, like, me too. You're coming home with me. Yes. Because like, he, he likes the elderly. He does. Um, in the same little area, there's this little Catholic church. And on the 16th, Legere goes into the church and brutally beats Father James Smith. It was... Rick describes it as probably one of the worst things he's ever seen because he saw the crime scene photos. He said that there was blood on the ceiling. There was blood across the walls. There was blood on the floor. He actually disconnected the priest's face from his skull a little bit and, like, slid it sideways. Yeah, it was – it's probably one of the worst I've ever heard. That's brutal. And I watch a lot of true crime stuff, but I've never heard – I mean, that's vicious. That's vicious and sadistic. Yeah. Because chances are he was still alive. Yeah. Because why else do it? You're correct. So this was like the final straw. The community is absolutely afraid. They're arming themselves. One of the leaders of Mare Machine talked about people were getting machetes. They were barricading their doors. They would not go out at night. They were sleeping with weapons. Like he's like, I wish they wouldn't. But you can't really blame. I I guess because he's just worried people would get hurt. Well, yeah. Reacting. But people are getting hurt. Yeah. Um, the elderly, it shut down the whole town. They canceled Halloween. People didn't go out at night. The elderly either left town or moved in with their family. Oh, yeah. Because people were legitimately afraid. He was, this one, I wanted to cover this one because he was like a real-life boogeyman. He is. Like, you did not know. When he was coming. When he was coming. If you would be next. Why? He, he didn't really have a rhyme to his victims. Like, he just, other than elderly, he just... And even Linda, um, what was Lin- the other lady? Donna and Linda, they were like 50s. So, right. like, they're older, but not I don't, elderly. not 76. Right. So, anyway, um, now we're, that was the 16th he killed Father James. eleven twenty four of 89, that's when they get their first snow of the season. 
Alan had been living in the outskirts of town, which I also find terrifying, in these like little makeshift teepees and different things like that. But because the snow was there now, you couldn't hide his footprints. Right, his footprints. So he was trying to figure something else out. So he actually carjacks a cab and tells the, the cabbie, drive. He's driving. I guess he fishtails because the weather runs into a ditch. A Merrimach- a Merrim machine off-duty cop pulls over to help the cab driver and gets taken hostage. Her and the cab driver are now taken hostage in her car by Legier. Mm-hmm. This part, y'all, I absolutely just find hilarious. And I'm sorry, but it's so funny. Okay. They drive to the gas station. To, they're running out of gas. So he has them pull into the gas station. They pull in. Legier runs inside, throws a 20 on the counter, and comes running back outside. And they're leaving him. <laughs> <laughs> I just got so tickled. Because I'm like, what do you think was going to happen? They're going to be like, yes, we'll wait here. <laughs> right. I love it. <laughs> I got so tickled. Like, it, the Rick talks about how it's like fishtailing because it's taking off so, so fast. fast. I'm like, of course they're leaving you, dumb dumb. <laughs> like, they're not going to sit patiently. What's wrong with, with you? you? But, yeah, I got tickled at that because they left. That's what they're supposed to do. Yes. So he very calmly um, walks over to a semi, points the gun at the driver, and says, drive. This stood out to everybody in Mirror Machine because that kind of truck on a regular road was super out of the norm. And everybody was already on high alert. So they start calling it in. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm kind of grateful for. Because us, we'd be like, that's weird. But I don't know that many people would be like, "Mm -mm." (laughs) you know. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So it must have been like. They knew something was up. And I'm thinking they probably have specific roads that that you are not allowed to be on. And I know that we have that in our state too. But it's not. I don't know what they are. Well, I don't know what they are. Yeah, I don't either. They just wouldn't have main street. Are they allowed to do that? I wouldn't know. Yeah, I wouldn't know. So they call it in. The police get behind him. um, Pull him over. The he, he lets pulls the over? well the driver pulls over I guess Legier told him to he he lets the driver out and then huh. Legier actually willingly surrenders oh because he knew he was gonna get shot otherwise I guess I guess he I actually mean, had a sawed off shotgun loaded and cocked but he didn't he didn't fire I wonder what changed I don't know I was very I'm like what do you know like what what are your plans what was sir? different I yeah don't know. it definitely. It would make me super nervous that he went so willingly. Yeah. So they they ran a special edition in the newspaper that said caught. So what's interesting is when he escaped, they showed his picture and had escaped. And then when he got arrested, it was his same picture arrested. And then when he was um, caught, it was the same picture caught. Mm -hmm. So they ran with the same thing. He sentenced to life without the possibility of parole for 18 years. What? So he can actually get parole after he serves 18 years. For how many kills? Four. Huh. Because he was already in an escape, too. I don't... I I, I don't get it. But that's what... He he was life... Sentenced to life without parole for 18 years. People like that he was sentenced, but were also like, um, he may still get out. Because he's already proven he can escape. Yeah, I'm like, how old is he? And then... I looked it up before we did this. He's like 70... Now? Like, currently. I don't know currently. Um, Ain't no 70-year-old dude doing all this. No, no, no. No, this was in his young years. I'm talking about in, j- I'm saying. in jail now. He's like 70-something. I was, what? 75, I think. Okay. 
Um, because he just had another parole. Oh, okay. Um, he, he has not been paroled. Correct. Okay. I don't even know how I you... I guess eligible and making parole are two different things. I don't even like that he has the opportunity, it's though. It's just concerning. Correct. I'm like, how are you going to get without... Po- I was like, oh, without possibility of parole. Cool. I'm, I'm good with that. And it's like for 18 years. And I'm like, wait a minute. What now? It's like after he serves 18. You think this is going to be fixed by the prison system? Right. Because he murdered John. Uh-huh. He murdered Annie. Uh-huh. He beat and sexually assaulted um, her... Linda. Nina. Nina. And then killed Linda and Donna. And, and the pastor. And then, yeah, the pastor. So five. So five, yeah. He'd have got death penalty down here. 100%. But whatever. Um, they're concerned, you know, he may get out. Yeah. And this is the part that makes it fit. And I'm going to leave y'all with this. Mm. I will tell you first, when he went for his first parole hearing, I told y'all he knew Rick by name. He spent two, it was about a two hour process, that whole hearing. He was denied, obviously. But he spent 20 minutes talking about Rick specifically in his parole hearing. Yeah, but what? Just, I guess, about how he tainted the community against him, how he oh. painted this stuff. Like, he truly feels like this is Rick's fault. I'm like, you murdered people, but... Okay. Rick, okay. Rick he he talk, wrote about it. But he... Yes. But it's... Okay. He definitely has a vendetta. So, Rick gets a call from his wife. Um, she is home with her one-year-old child. She received a package with a note that stated... I don't know if this is a quote. I'm going to say it's a quote because this is the way it came in the documentary. So, quote. Hi, dear. How are you? I had such a nice time last summer seeing you there. Nice place. You're such a lovely wife, and I just love that new baby. So quiet and bouncy. I know you spend a lot of time by yourself, so I know you won't mind me visiting you next year. Until then, I'll see you I'll see you again. And police did confirm that this was Legere, and it was sent to Rick's home address with his wife. Nuh-uh. Yeah, I found that... But obviously, he hasn't been there, right? Because he's been in jail. He's been accounted for. I don't know if Legere didn't go by their home. Because they live in Miramachine. I don't know if he went by there when he was on... When he was out from May until November. Oh, I'm sure he did. I'm sure he, like, because she was a lot. Right. So, I don't know... I'm sure. And the fact that he knows she spends time alone Mm -hmm. and that she's got that new baby and bouncy and all of that stuff makes me think he's been watching that family. Well, he did. Yeah. Not now. Yeah. Like, no, because he even says, you won't mind me visiting next year. Yeah. So, I found that. Do you think that his plan was to go on this like rampage disappear for a little while and then come back and continue like on a yearly basis i think he i think he planned to continue to do it till he died like till he got caught and then i think the reason he surrendered is because it was so easy for him to get out he thought i'll just i'll bide my time i'll go do three years i'll have another infection i'll have i'll make something where i have to come out again multiple times so he can scope out what he needs to do and he was going to get out but he ended up going where he was. They closed that down and they moved him to a new maximum security place. So um, I don't think that that is, and that stuff is advanced. They don't have yeah. to leave as much. Right. So I don't, I think that slowly died or if he had some other kind of issues going on that stopped him. Mm-hmm. Um, I do know that the cell he was in is 
part of a museum or something now, according to Wiki. I was looking that up, oh. and they talk. It talks about they use that room for like DNA and talking about DNA and stuff like that. Huh. But yeah, when I tried to Wiki it before we came on here, um, he was still in prison in the maximum security. Good. That's hopefully where he stays. You know, I'm all down for rehabilitation, right? Yeah, I am. I'm one of those people. Like, but I think there's a certain line you cross. See, yeah. I'm not saying that you can't be rehabilitated. I just say that nobody can trust that you are. Um, you lived that rehabilitated life in the <laughs> in the clink. Like, <laughs> I don't want you out. That's what like, I'm saying. You like, do your best there. I yes, just don't like, feel like you. I don't know. Just can't trust you. No, and the the crimes were so vicious. And then, for me personally, if my husband received this letter that I mean it was for my husband but sent to me so it's technically for me yeah talking about my child oh yeah I'm, nah. I can't live there I'm leaving because what I'm if leaving. he does get out he's already proven he doesn't care he's right. already proven that he can either outsmart or out I don't know play yeah. the RCMP so I'm, I'm gonna protect my child I'm leaving so I'm gonna move and his I'm stuff I'm gonna be mad about it but well, I'm gonna it's move vicious towards women and I'm so fascinated with the tucking him into bed that is like what you do for a child. That's got to go down to some kind of psychological something that I just don't know. Yeah. That's but got it's, to be some kind of, or it's sadistic in a way. Like, I don't know. It is because it's like, you do that for a kid so they feel safe. You do it for an injured kid or a sick kid. Well, and they feel safe and you're warm and you're protected, but then you light the house on fire. Right. So it's like, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what this, the, the. What's behind that? Yeah. But the the letter at the end. Oh, that's just straight up sadism. Well, that's psychological torture. And it keeps that boogeyman. Yeah. Because I'm coming back. I'm coming back. Eventually. And I know where you are. Yeah. And I will see you and that little baby. And I wonder, like, Rick goes to all of the parole hearings, I'm sure. I think he, he's been to several. Because <laughs> he said he knows I have a daughter. Like, yeah. he knows that. Yeah. Well, so, yeah. I think he goes to make sure... She should be fully grown now. Yeah, she's grown now, but still. I still, yeah. Yeah. Mm-mm. Nope, nope, nope. Yeah, so that is, they called him, it's the killer comes home, but they called him the, I was like, I'll have to look it up. I'll tell you all on Friday. Okay. We're calling him the Canadian Boogeyman. Yes, because that's what it is. He literally, instead of lurking in your closets and under the bed, he was like in the woods. There were several reports of people saying they woke up to feeling like somebody standing over them. But I think it was just because he created this this persona of like he truly is the boogeyman. He can be anywhere at any time. Yeah, I can't do that. I I can't live my life like that, man. I I would have to leave. I couldn't be in that area. And then canceling shutting the town down because right. you literally don't know where he is and you've let one person have way too much dang power yeah. over this whole town yeah and i'm still but surprised that he told him leave me alone or i'm gonna kill you and they're like cool cool bye <laughs> i'm like what but that really does especially in the beginning remind me of a certain somebody that was just arrested yeah you're not wrong and i don't like that you made that correlation in my brain because <laughs> you're not wrong um but yeah <laughs> now i scared okay yeah but yeah the note yeah that that's it it's psychological torture for sure it's just trying to get the yeah, could you ima- i'm you won sir yeah like i'm gonna have all kinds of traps in my house <laughs> i don't know i'm gonna move and then stuff to set up traps like i can't 
Right. I wouldn't be able to relax. The more we do true crime, the less chill you're going to be. Well, I'll tell y'all this. And, uh, and, and the less chill. I, I, I'm just at the maximum not chill anyway. See, uh, for a long time, my dad wrote into a local paper um, yes. <laughs> for political stuff. Yes. And they published my dad numerous yeah. times. And one time he wrote in, and I don't know if the paper gave them my dad's address or what, but this man came to my parents' home and dropped off this stack of papers that were very much the makings of a madman. Like, they were all over the place. It was supposed to show these conspiracy stuff Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. all this crazy, I mean, like... That's why I don't talk politics. It was scary that either if the i think the paper had given them his contact and that you would send somebody like that to someone's house because you don't know right and it was it was crazy like i sat down because i was fascinated with it yeah but it really had no cohesion like it wasn't cohesive it was this clip and this meant this and then this is this and it was just like this don't make any sense and this is scary like this is the kind of person this man knows where you live right but Evan, so what's even more scary to me is that your daddy had wrote something that spoke to him. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because I don't know if See, he was agreeing to, with my dad or trying to show my dad how. Wrong or whatever. Yeah, I don't remember what. Either the, way. But yeah. I'd be like, Daddy, see? I was like, stop writing in the paper. Stop. <laughs> like you, it's okay. If they're sending crazies to the house, it's too far. It is too far. Like you can tell us. But don't tell, don't put it in the paper. And you have to put your name and your contact, or they won't publish. Yeah, but I didn't, they don't put your contact in the paper. But I no, guess but they put in it in submission form. I guess. I just I thought about it way back in the day when I was political. I stay so far away from politics. My dad now. for a hot minute in the local paper. Well, it was different county, but yeah. a big paper was published pretty regularly. And I'm like, why don't they just give you like a column and let's just make it that way? But yeah. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, but when I realized that, like, you could get all my stuff, yeah. now nah, I'm out. It was, it was definitely scary. <laughs> I want to be, like, uh, the do-good letters. <laughs> I want to do the Anonymous. one where they're, like, <laughs> old school. Like, this is how you get this stain out. Let me tell you about household things. Like, I'd want to do that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I don't. But I said back when I was political, because I don't touch it with a 10-foot t- pole now. I ain't yeah. talking about Well, see, to I was nobody. major into politics at the time, because I was still in college. Yeah. And I was very much avid and into all of that. So I was fascinated by it. But the, the part that just made it scary, made it correlate to this for me, was the fact that this man got our address, brought all this stuff to my dad that was supposed to be, like, this proving factual thing. It is just nonsense. And it was just nonsense. And even my dad was like, well, a minute. <laughs> like, this, I don't like that. <laughs> I don't even yeah. think he posted, or um, I say posted, but sent in anymore for, for a hot yeah. minute. Yeah, I don't blame him. Because it was just like, why would you send this person to my house? But maybe the paper was tired of it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he was submitting his stuff in and was mad. And they, I don't know. They're like, you know what? Go talk to the other dude. Yeah. yeah. Y'all get together. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's so funny. But it was, it was definitely scary. Yeah. So. It is scary. Y'all stay safe over the spooky season. Halloween is rapidly approaching. Yeah, we're going to do a, a Halloween episode. Well, our friend at Violet and Ivy has um, given me an idea. Okay. Cool. I was thinking we could try to make up if we can, potentially. It's mm-hmm. going to be a busy week. I'm scared. So, I'm not saying what I'm doing anymore. <laughs> Fair. I'm not. 
I may or may not be here Friday. I got no idea. Well, I may or may not do a story next week. Got no clue. <laughs> I'm living my life by the seat of my pants right now. Well, because if I say something will happen. It felt good to do this one because it, like I said, it's getting back to our yeah. our roots. Yes, a little bit. So hopefully, y'all enjoyed. If you haven't already, you can go check out the Peacock Suburban Screams. I will tell you, for me. This one that we just did and the one about the stalker are probably the most interesting. The rest are just crazy talk. We do need to do a good stalker episode because those are terrifying. Well, the rest are crazy. They talk about a bunny man. Hey, I read about the bunny man. He ran around. He was real. I don't know that he was real. He was real. They did field some calls about a man running around in a bunny thing. I don't know if we're talking about the same bunny man. But that thing was real. Yeah. Yeah, it's the same dude then. Well... That was some kind of crazy psychotic dude. I don't know that I believe it. I, I believe I'm, it. See, I'm so skeptical, though. You're skeptical. I'm like, oh, I'm the bunny man. <laughs> and I'm like, mm-hmm, I believe that a crazy person run around bunnies in a heartbeat. Yeah. I do. So Listen, I got to tell you all this because she be, just said it. It was clowns in the woods, okay? There is, in my area where I live, and, and I know one listener that will know this. At, what's that holiday? Easter. They put out a bunny that I swear to you. Is the most terrifying thing I've ever seen in my life. I know. It's got these funky teeth. It looks like a bunny that's been possessed, And it's, right? like, smiling at you. And I'm like, that sucker came to life. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't be like, it's the Easter. I would be like, it's going to kill you. Right. Burn it with fire. It is so scary. And they put it out every year at Easter. And I'm like, that's a Halloween decoration. <laughs> Someone sold you that in the wrong season. That goes out now. So if by chance you listen and you live in the Spartanburg area and you put out a bunny, I might be talking about you. Yeah. <laughs> it needs to go out now. Go check your bunny. <laughs> it, take a picture. I'm telling you, it should not be out at Easter. Easter. It should be out now. <laughs> put it in your yard. Always some scary looking Easter bunnies, though. That sucker is terrifying. Like, I remember, like, <laughs> um, slamming on brakes because I was like, what is that? <laughs> and it's a bunny. But it is it like a life-size bunny? Yes, and the teeth are all like, <laughs> like oh, I don't know why you'd put it out at Easter. <laughs> like bunny's supposed to be gone. Like, like that one's that looks like it's got rabies or something. <laughs> and you're so proud of it. It's terrifying. It's probably from like the 1950s. It is terrifying. It is def- it is the thing of nightmares. Like I hate going by there at Easter time. <laughs> I want to be like Halloween. <laughs> Somebody should take their bunny. Don't put that out. Right put now. a nice nicer bunny beside. Just of take it. the head off and I, I'd take it just headless. Like let it be. I'm telling that face is so scary. <laughs> it would be less scary to see it headless. That's I'm pretty, that's pretty bad. I'm serious. It's terrifying. Don't steal nobody's bunnies, y'all. Just let them roll. No. But yeah, I do believe that there would be some crazy person in a bunny costume running around. We had clowns in the woods for years. That is one thing that it's on the Suburban Screams is Bunny Man. Yeah. But it, it dates back to like this man sacrificing horses or something. The I way read they tie the legend it. of it when I was looking for urban legends. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember none of that. It was like a, a preacher went out to see him and he was out there talking crazy. And, yeah, no, I do remember. And like. It, I don't it remember. A cow, it was like he stole a cow or something or a bull and is killing it. I and don't remember none of that. That's how they tell it on suburban but screens. He was like chasing people with hatchets. I do remember yes, that. Yes. And he got some kids and hung them under the bridge. And now every year in this certain town, the kids flock to that bridge at Halloween. They say, if you see the bunny man, that um, he'll, I guess, kill you and put you under the bridge. I'm like, so we go to the bridge. This why people die. This why. Like, you go, let's <laughs> go find the haunted man at the bridge. And if you see him, you die. 
what's your end game to die right i don't understand but that's the story that's on suburban screams well i'll have to i don't really remember i read so many that and the haunted there's like a haunted house the house that murders people oh is that the one that we were talking about earlier (laughs) no but good night bye